Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable! And welcome, Avs fans. I'm Lauren Gardner here at the Pepsi Center. They got nothing but guts! Guts all over the place! I can't believe Colorado it! Colorado Avalanche complete one of the greatest turnarounds in NHL history. The Colorado Avalanche will return the next year to the Stanley Cup playoffs! And now, let's get you ringside with Lauren Gardner and the gutsiest play-by-play call in hockey, Mark Mosier. Hey everyone, and welcome into this episode of Abs in Your Earholes. Lauren Gardner, Mark Mosier, coming to you from Dallas, Texas. They call it the Big D in the Lone Star State. Moj, this is kind of sad. This is my final road trip with the Colorado Avalanche and Altitude TV. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you too as I sit here contemplating our last Abs in Your Earholes podcast. I think back to all the memories that you and I have shared over the years. All the fun times we've had, all the times that I wanted to fight you. <laughs> That's never happened before. Uh, well, yeah. Kind of like that waitress morning? up in Steamboat that just would not give you the time of day. You keep bringing that up. It's yeah. like the one negative experience I've ever had with you, and you just continue to bring it up. It kind of yeah, hurts me. Yeah, but I think she spoke for a lot of us. <laughs> I'm kidding. Ha, ha, ha. I'm really going to miss you, dude. This is I our final you, podcast man. ever. You're on to bigger and better things, and uh, this is sort of a, a melancholy experience for me. It really is. It's bittersweet. I wouldn't necessarily say bigger and better, because everything, you know, with... With our crew here with Altitude TV, the Avalanche organization is just, it's first class all the way. And um, I, I can't thank everyone enough for this incredible experience. Born and raised in Colorado. I went to, you know, both Stanley Cup parades. My parents had season tickets. You know, I'm, I'm a Colorado girl through and through. So having the opportunity to cover my hometown team was, it was a dream come true. And um, it was a tough decision. But, you know, I think in life you have to grow and and, uh, you know, take the next step and see what's on the other side of that mountain. And I guess that's what I'm doing. But I hope the door is still open because I may come home. You can't get rid of me that easily. No doubt. We're going to miss you, and I know you're going to miss us. And it will always be open for you. All right, let's uh, describe to everybody as we begin this podcast what we have going on. And I'll start out by saying that you came in this morning with a gigantic bag from a grocery Whole store. Foods. Okay. And in it was booze. What we so we've opened a bottle of prosecco. Now many of our coworkers have come by to partake in the prosecco, and they vacated. So you and I have had a sip to yes. begin this podcast. But this is a celebratory goodbye. So you and I have had a sip, and now it's it's all gone. It's a brunch cast, is what it is. We have the entire day off here in Dallas, so we may as well enjoy ourselves. All right, perfect. We're going to be talking hockey today on the show. We'll be talking life. Uh, you guys will get an opportunity perhaps even to learn a little bit more about LG Red before she takes off, but uh, this should be a really fun show. But here we are sitting here as the uh, Avs are still in playoff contention, battling for a wild card spot. So at least when you do leave us, after the Dallas game, you will leave the Avs in a position where they can create their own destiny. Well, obviously, I had a lot to do with it. Yeah, of course you did, right. <laughs> you know, it has been such a roller coaster ride in the last month or so with this team, but it's so similar to last season. I think you would probably agree with that. And I really feel like this team thrives in these types of situations. They are always 
um, able to rise to the occasion. And it's something that brings them closer. They love these do or die, must win playoff type games. And this is, uh, I think they're built for this kind of thing. So I'm so pumped for them. It's it's one of those things in the Western Conference. When you look at this wild card race, it feels like someone's, you know, holding open the door. It's like, no, 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 you go. No, 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 you go. Because no one's really taking charge and taking, uh, I, I guess, their destiny into their own hands. And I think this is a perfect opportunity down the stretch for the Avs to do so, especially with a lot of four-point games coming up. Let me ask you sort of a, a personal question regarding your career. <laughs> this is the first time you've ever really been associated with one team. Yes. I mean, this is really, you've done stuff for, for other teams and in and out of broadcast during the course of a week in different sports and that sort of thing. But this is the first time that you've had an opportunity to build with a team, build with a fan base, build with a family, us, traveling <sighs> day in and day out. and, and We became close, man. Everywhere we go. Real close. Yeah, so it's, it's a, a different experience for you to, again, leave this particular family and go someplace else. What are the thoughts in your head right now? It's it's sad. It's really difficult. I loved I you know, I came here from CBS Sports Network and you know, I worked on a college football package with the same crew for, you know, a couple of years and then a different crew for the next two years and you know, you really you become close with those people and they were great and we traveled, you know, every week but you know, we weren't flying on the same planes together. We weren't, you know, really in the trenches like you're saying. <laughs> Sorry, emotions <laughs> spilled a little bit of his mimosa, but he's fine. He's recovering nicely. So yeah, you're, you're right, especially when you know you have a dog in the fight because we were the unbiased broadcast. So I was always interviewing the winning coach and winning players. With this, I mean, you're riding the highs, you're riding the lows, and it is not an easy thing to go into a losing locker room um, while you're covering a team that you you know really well and you care about the outcomes to go in there and you know look some of your now friends in the eyes and ask them some of the hard questions because those are the questions that fans want answers to and that that's your duty as a broadcaster to go in there and do that but you know what when they win and when they win those big games for example game 82 it is the best feeling to be a part of that, to be able to tell the story, to be able to be the conduit, to let the fans feel like they're inside that locker room with you, to let the fans feel like they're interviewing a certain player with you, like they know exactly what's going on, like they're hanging out with us right here in this room. And to me, I think that is such a cool opportunity that we have the ability and I guess the benefit of doing that. So I, I'm so grateful because we have the best jobs in the world. I regret asking that question. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Did I just get up on my soapbox? I truly believe the stuff I say. I no, really I feel like, you know, we have the gift of, you know, storytelling and having people open up to us. And if we can inspire people or, you know, let them kind of escape from their everyday lives or connect them to their passion, then that is what this is all about. I think my next question is who decided to buy orange juice with pulp in it? For the mimosas, <laughs> I did. What it's kind healthy. of animal? What kind of animal does that? Well, it's it's fresh squeezed from whole paycheck. Yeah, dude, I don't need all the twigs and berries from the orange in it. Most the, the last orange time tree. you ate a vegetable, Obama was in office. I don't think it's going to kill you <laughs> to have some fresh fruit. <laughs> 
Oh, man. It, it, I know all you listeners out there. By the way, what should they do, Lauren? Please you tell them. You need to rate, review, and subscribe. The Abs in Your Ear Holes podcast will continue on, I believe. I know. I remember this past summer, you and I had a meeting with uh, Emily and Jared with Digital, and you know, we said we wanted to start a podcast, and here we are, and um, I hope this this continues on, and it would be a, kind of a neat, I wouldn't say well, it's going to be a lot better. But, Okay, well, then when we're done with this podcast, I'm going to take you out back. We'll meet at the flagpole 3 o'clock and fight. Um, I'm looking at your face on this koozie right now. And That's just amazing. Juice. I it's can't believe awesome. you did that. So I, I think for all of us, yeah, we're going to miss the relationships because you and I have obviously gotten tight over the years. I mean, we've known each other for a long, long time. But we've gotten closer and tighter over the years. We've, really we've good known friends. each other for how long? 12 years? Yeah, at least. Something like that. And now and we're work spouses. Yeah, That'll pretty never change. much. We'll yeah. make it work long distance. All right, sounds good. <laughs> uh, but the entire crew is going to miss you, too, because we do have a lot of fun. I mean, you do become a family out there on the road. So everything you were saying before, and I'm giving you the business because I'm trying to hide my sad emotions that you're Don't leaving. Don't make me cry. I won't. Uh no, don't worry. There's there's more coming. It'll make you not cry. Uh, but <laughs> but no, but it, it's one of those things where you do really become close. And so when somebody is no longer with the group, like you're taking off, it, it's kind of a sad day. But we also want to do uh, disseminate some information to the hockey fans out there, the Avalanche fans. I don't know if we're allowed to use multi-syllable words on this podcast. Well, we The podcast be- is called Abs in Your Ear Holes. It's not exactly the most sophisticated well, title. all of our crew came in to get the Prosecco, so we can, obviously. Yeah, we, they stole it. <laughs> we're, we're totally fine. We are. We're Yeah, we're, we're definitely, uh, our faculties are intact at this point. All right, let's get, to, let's get down to some serious business. How about okay. Philip Grubauer? How about Philip Grubauer going into that game against Mini? Three shutouts and five starts. And it all started in Nashville. And, you know, Moj, it it was something that Jared Bednar was talking about midseason, right, when they were kind of going through that slump. And both goaltenders just were not performing um, up to par. And, he and said, when they were, they weren't getting any goal support at all. Yes. It just happened to be whatever particular night, what was going wrong that particular night. Yeah, and it, it was one of those situations, kind of the whack-a-mole game where, you know, once you took care of one problem, another one arose, and then so on and so forth. With this goaltending situation, I think Philip Grubauer, what he did in Nashville in that 5 nothing shutout on the road, obviously, arguably the toughest barn in the NHL at this point in time, uh, I think he really proved himself, and then he just continued to show consistency. Now, he's so quick to deflect the attention and the praise to his teammates, and you know they've been tremendous at limiting shots, blocking shots, sacrificing their body, showing the want, the will to compete, all those things that Jared Bednar said he needed to see out of this club. But he has been outstanding, and he's so calm and poised between the pipes. And I talked about this in the broadcast in many, but I asked him about this, and I said, okay, what have you been doing differently? Aside from you know your teammates – limiting the shots on goal, helping you with that and playing really well in front of you. And he said, you know, I've just simplified. Not from a technical standpoint, <clears throat> it's great to have goaltender coach UC Parkla there, but he said, I just mentally reset each and every time the puck leaves the zone. And I have that instant amnesia, regardless of how crazy the previous sequence was or if I allowed a goal or maybe I made a great save, it doesn't matter. He just reset and he said he simplified his game. And to expound upon that, I asked him the other day about a save he made against New Jersey. He made a good push to his right, and he got his blocker up by the post, but he went up real high with his blocker toward the the, the, the top corner, top left corner. 
And it was a save that really stuck out to me because it wasn't an easy save, but he made it look easy. And I'm talking to him, I'm like, you know, that blocker save, we're just talking about blockers, to be honest with you, because he likes to punch it out sometimes. You know, bang, He does, he bang, does. You know, punch that, punch that puck out. Did you see out. him, he punched it in mini, and then he almost caught his own rebound in yeah. the air? It's awesome. The concentration and, that requires. And I said, that blocker, I was talking about that blocker save, and he goes, what blocker save? He goes, which one? I go down, and he goes, which period? I said, you were down in the so second period. He's like, uh, yeah, I think I remember it. I mean, so you're right. What he's doing is he's just resetting. Yeah. And he's just kind of going with the flow now. And it shows why the Avs wanted to trade for him because he's a guy – Again, you go to the uh, a new franchise. You, you don't, you know, know what the situation is, and now he's in a real groove. And the best part about this for the Avalanche is that I don't know what's going to happen here in the final nine games of the year, but it looks like when he's in there, he's going to give you an opportunity to win any given night. And I think that's really all you can ask for because it lets the guys in front feel comfortable, lets them say, all right, now we can just go get a couple, couple, three goals for them. We're going to be in good shape. So that's seemingly what it's like right now for this Avalanche team, and they're feeling it. They've also rallied without their captain. Gabe Landeskog went out a couple of weeks ago against the Dallas Stars and the Avs played Dallas. And, but they've taken it upon themselves to really – you know, just say, all right, we're, let's do it for our captain. Let's lay it out there. You know, we know that he's the glue that holds this team together. But every guy is doing just a little bit more than he was before, but the captain went out. Yeah, you know, it is definitely that next man up mentality. They're three and two now without Landis Gog. And I, I had a really good conversation with Nathan McKinnon Moj about this. And he was really candid, which I thought was cool. And he kind of brought it up, in, you know, when we were just talking about like how intense things are going to be down the stretch and how it could very well come down to game 82 once again. And he said, you know, I don't want to make excuses, but I'm going to go ahead and make this excuse because it's legitimate. We're without our captain. And that is a huge crippling loss. And I can't remember who it was, but they're joking about it. They're like, I think maybe it was Eric Johnson in an interview. And he said, yeah, Gabe Landeskog, he's like, he's like a Greek god. He's like, you know, he's a Viking. Like, it, to think about him going down with, a, you know, a prolonged injury is almost unfathomable. And here we are. And everyone is stepping up in his absence. And I think you and I have noticed Nathan McKinnon stepping up, not only on the ice, which is hard to believe because he's played so well over the past two or so years, but I think he he stepped up. He's been more vocal on the ice from what I've heard. He's more vocal in the room. This is probably the most competitive individual I have ever been around, and I've covered a lot of teams, a lot of sports. This dude is competitive, but he said he's really trying to work on building and creating chemistry with some of his other line mates, and he's being shifted in and out of lines now, especially since they're playing 7D. We'll see what they do down the stretch, but it's it's really cool to see that he's really working on his relationship with Derek Broussard, who replaced Gabe Landeskog on PP1, and uh, I don't know. I just think it's so cool to see how when someone or a group of individuals is faced with adversity, how it forces them to step up, and I think they're doing exactly that. Did you just say PP1? Power play one. Yeah, that's cool. I'm just saying. I just want to make sure that's what you said. Yeah, I know Pete always gets on me. He's like, don't PP1, PP2, the, the PK, and we're using all this jargon yeah. and, you know, so many acronyms. Yeah, the but coefficient of the uh, odd exactly, man rush. you take the, the coefficient of No, that. so it, you're, you're right about that. He stepped up his game. Miko Rantanen, he's adding to his game all the time. He, he seemingly does something every game that I haven't seen before. Yeah, what did he do to lead to that Tyson Berry goal in uh, mini? He came peeling up towards the top of the circle, put the brakes on, stop, and then starts again. And it's 
it, because he's such a big man, you, you, he catches a lot of guys off guard. He made he made one guy just completely blow up. I mean, he just fell down, and that was it. The the the, the you know play as far as that guy was concerned was over, and Rantanen was allowed to go and do his thing. But so he's been terrific. Obviously, Tyson Berry has really been playing well. He's scoring goals. He gets opportunities, but. Now he's finding the back of the net. And I, I talked to him a little bit yesterday, and I said, you know what I love? I love when you see Barry start kind of coming in toward the top of the circles. He's reading the play so well, and he's just sort of swooping in, finding that puck, and bam, letting it go. He's got a great shot, and he can really bomb it from outside. But when he starts to be creative like that and take advantage and maneuver in, he's like a, a stealth fighter coming in, and bam! And he hits you before you know it. And that's what he's been doing the past couple of games. So it's really good to see Tyson Berry step up to it. And again, this Avalanche team giving itself a chance to stay right in it coming down the stretch. Yeah, he, he reads the play really well and he's been activating. And I, I think we've seen a lot of the defensemen jumping up in the play. And that's something I think they were kind of emphasizing for the last quarter or so of the season. That they need their defensemen to be more aggressive and to you know basically get on the score sheet a little bit more. And then you still have your guys like Ian Cole and Patrick Nemeth who are going to be those, you know, traditional stay-at-home defensemen. But you really need Tyson Berry to be Tyson Berry. And what does he do? He scores goals. He helps set guys up. And you need him to be jumping up in the play. We've seen Eric Johnson do that more. Uh, Sam Gerrard still with the Tononade. It's still working. Or Tonad. What's Tononade? You're thinking of Dom Toninato. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? The Tonade. I don't know. I don't speak French. Baxter, you know I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, Baxter, <laughs> Baxter, the bad man punted Baxter. <laughs> bark, bark once if you can hear me. Um, but yeah, it's been really great to see that, and um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, how do you feel about them playing seven demon? I mean, is Ryan Graves kind of like an extra forward? I like Ryan Graves because he's steady as she comes, and he just does his thing all the time. He doesn't worry about anything. Ryan Keeps Graves it simple. Just, he just plays Ryan Graves hockey. That's the best way to put it. So we'll see what happens coming down the stretch. Before we're all said and done here, a couple of things as we roll along. I'm sure the listening audience out there, and again, everybody who's listening to this, knows who Lauren Gardner is. They've they've watched you for years, not only with the Colorado Avalanche, but all over Altitude. You know what Josh Gross sent me? And all over CBS and everything else, Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Josh Gross, formerly of the Colorado Mammoth, um, he sent me a media guide photo from 2007 when him and I were on the Altitude broadcast of the Mammoth. Like it wasn't weird. a good look. It I was 21 weird. years old. Yeah. I looked like I had robbed my grandma's closet uh, or was wearing a shiny bed sheet that was from the, I don't know, 1800s. It was not a it good It did look photo. weird. But so as we, as we go along here and you're going to be leaving us. All right, let's ask some questions and let the fans sort of inside a little bit uh, of Lauren Gardner's head. Right? Oh, boy. Do you right, want to go so, there? So, yeah, so let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. Uh, you've traveled to all the rinks in this league several times. What's your favorite rink and why? Can you think about that? Is there one that sticks out for you where, where you have happy memories or things that you've done? Aside from the Pepsi Center, obviously. Right. Um, wow. You know, obviously the Canadian rinks are really cool, uh, especially Montreal, and you just see the history that, you know, lies within. And, um, oh, gosh, that's that's tough. Um, some other ones, you know, the Caps, I just think because of what they've done as of late is really cool. 
Uh, aside from the other night, Minnesota usually has like a crazy crowd. You Winnipeg. were up on the concourse, right? Yes. Okay, so where's the craziest position you've had to broadcast from? In the Zamboni, probably Hockey Night in Canada in Montreal. Yeah. And so as... You and you've know, got to dodge people. There's there's off-ice people, on-ice people. And I'm wired. Zambonis, and you're wired up, and you're kind of I'm stuck tethered there. with like a, a basically... fans are there screaming at you? Yeah, with basically just a, bit, a long, thick cord, and the ice crew's coming on and off, and... You know, they're they're on skates and they have shovels and you're I mean, even in Winnipeg it's the same thing. It's like a frozen kiddie pool is what I liken it to. And I'm always an idiot and I wear high heels. So my feet are frozen, my hands are frozen, they're stepping on my cord while I'm trying to do a hit live on the air. And there's been one time where I did I literally got pulled back while I was trying to talk on the air and I don't re- I don't know if I kept my train of thought, but it's uh it's always an adventure down there. Um, there are just so many great places. I hate to say this, but Detroit's new rink is really cool. Uh, just all the ways they, it, you know, kind of reflects the history and tradition of the Joe and going to the Joe was really cool. That was, you know, an incredible opportunity, but honestly, like each and every rink has its own personality and kind of its own, you know, just, just feeling to it. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's fun. And to this day, I mean, I still get lost because I don't remember like where to turn when I, you know, get off the bus. And, um, but you know what I think the coolest thing was, you know, we're leaving Minnesota and as much as we all hate the wild, the broadcasters are tremendous. All the security people are great. Just, you know, like at Pepsi center. And I got to say my last game at Pepsi center, it was so touching yet. So heartbreaking in a way to, to say bye to everyone, you know, from, you know, everyone that works, you know, downstairs and security and, you know, the fan experience to, you know, the coaching staff and Joe Sackett called me into his office and, you know, said goodbye. And, you know, I grew up watching Joe. That's I've never been starstruck before. I've interviewed Kevin Costner, you know, Cal Ripken, just Hall of Famers. And it's uh, it was cool to see the first time I ever saw Joe. (laughs) He's like, oh, hi, Lauren. How are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm good. How are you? And he's like, I'm good. And then I said, how are you again? It was really awkward and embarrassing, but I was starstruck by him. And now, you know, he's he's just. He's a friend, but it's just, it was touching to go to these places. So Minnesota circling back, great people. And even like now we, we all know each other's names. So you get to know these people and it's really cool to create those, those relationships. Okay. So what you're basically saying is Detroit, Minnesota, <laughs> Washington. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Uh, no, Calgary, the Saddle Dome is cool. Going okay. on the catwalk. You've interviewed, you, you've probably done, I don't know, a thousand interviews or more over the course of your career with the Colorado Avalanche. Is there anyone that sticks out, uh, any several that stick out? Wow, that's that's a good Because question. you've had fun with a bunch of dudes, and they you know, laughed, and you've tried to pull stuff out of guys and everything else. Yeah. And, and they're like, Lauren, I don't have time for you right now. Or, you know what, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's they, they true. play along, you know what I mean? But do you, um, think, what, do you think they're like, thank God this girl is leaving? No, of she course not. No, just... no, no, no. You're a, <laughs> you're a lovable snot sometimes. No, but I just think that, you know, you, you've just done a lot of fun things with a lot of guys, a lot of features and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and that's credit to our 360 crew and, you know, Paul Ladd and Peter Aragon. I think they've done a tremendous job of getting creative and digital, you know, Emily Wade. And um, honestly, I mean, some of the more memorable interviews were, you know, during the playoffs last year and, you know, talking the Hamburglar when he stole game five, you know, Gabe Landeskog after some of his, you know, big game winners, like I think the one over Vegas last year was huge down the stretch. 
um, you know, game 82, just the jerseys off your backs. Like, that couldn't have been a better scenario for fans. And, you know, I remember having to pull Sam Gerrard out of the huddle, you know, and he was, just looked at me like his eyes were as big as saucers. Like, why are you making me do this interview? And um, riding to the rink with Miko Rantanen when he made his season debut two years ago was really cool. Grandpa Jost, when uh, Tyson Jost made his uh, NHL debut, was so special. Sometimes excuse me it's the parents and it's the stories around it and it's it's the fans that you know we get those interviews with that that can be even more special but we have such tremendous players with this organization that in each and every one of them and of course I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Jimothy Timothy and you know it's funny we we kind of have the shtick and I think deep down he may not love Jimothy Timothy but we'll have some straight interviews where it's just like kind of boring and he's like well that was lame you know afterwards <laughs> and I'm like well yeah I mean I gotta torture you man but I think that's didn't the- his dad want a nickname too yes he did and what did you give him Bobbethy Thomas and that that was another great one interviewing JT and his dad and his right. sister Jesse and um and his you know his mom's tremendous all these parents because. This is a culmination, culmination not only of you know the son's hard work, but of their hard work and sacrifice. What about the Rantanen family from Finland bringing stuff over? And yes, and the egg. We had the good luck egg for a while. Well, it lasted until it melted, and you know whatever. Uh, yeah, and they bring over the the candy, and they're just such kind, sweet people. Nathan McKinnon's parents always stop by and say hello. Honestly, I feel. Ian Cole's dad, Doug Cole, the dentist, uh, was probably Mom one of the Connie. highlights of, yep, exactly. Um, one of the highlights of the dad's trip. And, you know, yeah, Len Berry was great. And we're uh, just, I think it's all about relationships. And I think when you really open yourself up and you let people just kind of see how you're vulnerable, they kind of open up to you because they feel like they're in a safe space and you have, you know, you have the empathy. And I think that's how we get some of those great moments from these guys is because they're like, oh, well, she's an idiot. So I can, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong if I open myself up to this person? And then in turn, the fans get to see a different side of them. And it's, it's like the fans are being brought into that experience. And I think that's what's so cool. All right. So let's turn our attention now to. What's your favorite interview oh, that no, we've no, done? No, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the questions here. I don't like being interviewed. It makes you, you me feel talk about You talk about being in a safe space <laughs> with our crew. It's a safe space. Obviously, we have a very special crew with the Colorado Avalanche, a very unique crew. Extremely I think, unique. I think in terms of pro sports overall, it's a very unique traveling crew with, with our 360 show with, as you said, Paul and PA, with our producer, Doug, our director, uh, Mike, Mike Fox, uh, our, Rockies, our producer and director, Canes, Mike Yokes. Rigg, but Lee and Brandon and Connor and Emily and, and everybody, Peter, Kyle everybody involved. And Riker's Ky- travels. Of course, absolutely. And so you've had many experiences with us. And some we can talk about, some we cannot talk about. The ones that stick out to me, I'm like, <laughs> I can't say those words on a podcast. <laughs> oh, it's a podcast. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's a family, it's a family podcast. It's a family Lauren. show, I know. But okay. we've had so many funny and great moments over the years. You know what I mean? Like it's just stuff. Even one that happened this year in Brooklyn, uh, <laughs> where people can be reminded of what if you heard it, you heard it. But it was one of those funny moments in broadcasting history where you go, <laughs> "Dude, what, what what are you doing, dude? What, what what's going on? You know what I mean?" I, yeah. So yeah, I, you have any special <laughs> memories of like uh, just our entire crew overall as a whole? Yeah, I mean, there's so many, and it was only three years, but I'll never forget. You know, getting on that plane 
as we headed to Pittsburgh, you know, my first season with you guys and it was pretty incredible. And, you know, we all started. I'm going to share your out. mimosa. Okay. Thank you. Out of my big red cup. Cause that's large red from Peter McNabb gave me that cup <laughs> for uh, a final off day. Cause LG red, somebody called me large red. And so now that's my new nickname is large. So feel free to call me that in the future. Uh, some of the great memories, I mean, a lot of them took place on our media bus and just out at dinners and us going, you know, activities and some of them were documented where there were axe throwing and you and I have such a close relationship that we don't hold anything uh, back. Can't, I still, I mean, I still think I won. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, Peter and I beat you. I know I did. I, we, I know but I got there first. That wasn't a race. It was like... Well, then we, we uh, misunderstood the rules. Then we yeah. obviously disagree on the rules. Yeah, so we need a rematch at some point. Some point. Yes, that will happen. Mark my word. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of them, you know, like, the, the, we just made fun of each other a lot. Cards in Buffalo. Cards, yes, we played poker in Buffalo, and um, that was my first season, and you and I were in a heated, heated little competition for a pot there, and the trash talk... Uh, it went to 11, basically. Let's it just say it exceeded them. expectations. And I think at that point we knew, like, okay, we're going to be a tight group. <laughs> and I said some things to you that I didn't even know were English. <laughs> I Poor Terry I Fry came to visit us, and he looked at yeah. me, and he's like, oh, my God, I thought you were, like, this sweet girl. <laughs> You're I did like not know that a human could string those sort of descriptive words together in a row. I thought it was very impressive, to be honest with you. But we've had so many dang good memories over the years. I mean, oh just God. little things that'll come back over time. You know what I mean? Just little, little tiny memories when you're doing whatever it is you're doing far away from Denver, Colorado, <laughs> and you go, "Oh, I remember that. That was so funny, and that was so fun." And and uh, well, obviously, we're going to keep in touch. All right. So finally, before yeah, uh, we're going to Facetime every day, right? Yeah, pretty much every day. All right, before <laughs> it's all said and done, you're making I will me say cry. This. I'm, I'm sorry. Up right now. The fans. Uh, they love you and they have loved you for a long time. And, and, you know, like that guy in Minnesota, I'm leaving the bench after my interview and my bench hit and I'm walking through the tunnel and some guy goes, Moj, Moj. I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? He's like, tell Lauren hi for me. I'm like, yeah, I will, you bitch. Like, he didn't want to talk. He's like, make sure Lauren, I say goodbye to Lauren. Make sure she says good luck. Or, Was you know, it I'm Mike? Like, I don't know who, some dude with glasses <laughs> and an av sweater on. I'm like, which is cool. I mean, these I are know. awesome. But the fans, like, wherever you go, obviously your your red hair is very noticeable. <laughs> oh, it's but the red hair. <laughs> listen, no, no, you're a talented gal. People have watched you for years. They like you an awful lot. People from all over all over the world, you know what I mean? They uh, they come to town. All those those English gals that were just in, in Denver at, at Pepsi Amazing. Center. Yeah. Uh, you really are crying. I am. Look at you. You're crying, crying, like real crying. I miss you guys. <laughs> I know. Don't make me cry. But the thing is, too, is that the fans from all over the world and, and certainly all over North America, but in Denver, Colorado, have really connected with you. And yeah. and it's been an awesome relationship. I mean, it really has been. And they follow us on here. They follow you on your Twitter and your Insta and everything else. And and everything's empty. You, oh, you want to eat a towel? Okay, here, I'll give you a towel. Hold on a second. All right. The yeah, water take works that, are take that dirty towel. Right all right. <laughs> There you go. Uh, but, I mean, 
so the, the fans are definitely going to miss you. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and they'll still have an opportunity to see you. I guess we can't exactly say what's going on quite Hopefully yet. Hopefully it will come out soon. Hopefully yeah. it will come out soon. But they'll still have an opportunity to follow you and stay with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, just because I'm leaving the network and, you know, the Avs doesn't mean that, you know, we can't still maintain the relationship. And, uh, honestly, it is that connection. And I feel like everywhere – I go with you guys and I think you do a great job of that. Like we, I put it all out there and I think that's why it's been such a great connection is because like what you see is what you get. And I just, I want to share that with other people because I think that's the gift we've been given is to connect with people. I, mean, I just want to make the world a better place uh, yeah, that okay. way. We're walking down the street, <laughs> Nashville. Hey, there's Lauren Gardner. I'm like, and it's all of us to, yeah, yeah, there, there she is. You know, it's, it's like walking down the street with, Faith Hill or something. I'm like, come on, man. Are you serious? You know what I mean. No, no, like, but that girl is an idiot. She'll say hi to us. And I will. That, come up and give st- you a big hug. Stupid beat up car there. You know, <laughs> that all that so stuff. That was so fun. I know. Oh, and our, oh, remember Jake? Catfish Jake? Oh, yeah. And then I prank called your radio show. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Uh, you know, the cemeteries in, in, in Philadelphia, you know, walking through those old, yeah. uh, revolutionary war, I mean, revolutionary war cemetery, all this kind of stuff. Shopping you know. in Boston. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've got stories and memories, but I know, uh, the, I know the fans will want to say goodbye to you. So before we are all said and done here, tell them how they can stay with you, how they can find you, how they can still connect with you. Um, the same, nothing's going to change on social media. And I love each and every one of you guys. Honestly, it's it's so touching to see like how we've been able to build that relationship. And I truly like I love, love, love our fans. And I love this organization. I love you guys. I love the players, the front office, the PR, like top to bottom community relations. I mean, I, I how did I forget that? All the, the cool opportunities we've had with the, you know, the Afro Day and and the charity brunch and going out to the Denver Rescue Mission. I mean, it's it's so special. I mean, it's not just what's happening on the ice and, you know, the drama that unfolds that is exciting and, you know, gets people connected and transcends all sorts of barriers. It's what they're doing in the community. And that's it's so cool. All right, I'm gonna go let you clean up yourself. <laughs> Get fi- yeah, you can fix you can fi- fix your mascara, uh. fix it, fix all that kind of stuff, and then we'll go have some barbecue. How does that sound? Okay. All right. Oh, this is so sad. I know it is. I know it is sad, but I will speak for all of us on our crew, all the players, and all the you know the the staff. And they just signed a really nice card that yeah, well, Paul did. Ladd made him sign it yeah. with our 360 crew. It's all good. It's a really sweet card and flowers from all the, team. the uh, all the fans out there. We love you. And we my wish necklace you... from Taylor and They're, Megan and the girls. Yeah, it says and go, wear, ask, go. And you're wearing it on the on the broadcast every mm-hmm. night. It's awesome. Yeah. We're gonna miss you. We love you. Obviously, we're gonna stay really, really good friends. We yes. all know that. You I mean, this not is not forget me, Mo. Of course not. This is only just the beginning. Okay. Okay. All right. So one final thought. What do you want to say to everybody out there? Last thing. Go Avs, go, and uh, let's win the cup. And I love you guys. And as we say in the podcast and hockey business, Lauren Gardner, she gone. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs>